Welcome to episode 69 of the Whatnots Review Show, nice. where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV show, anime, manga, comic book, audio show, all kinds of entertainment. Watch it, read it, listen to it, come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Hello, hello. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing today? I am good. I had a weird thing happen to me that I've never what? seen before. What? Uh, so I was updating my laptop. I was unsure if I was going to be able to use it for today's uh, stream because uh, I do like a two PC setup type uh -huh. of thing. Uh, and I was updating. It got to 71%. Then I happened to look back uh, uh, over and it went down. Ah! It went down to 68. And I was just like, what? I've never seen that before. Why would they? Why would they lie to me? <laughs> I what need are they that hiding? Percent. I rely on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm good. I am awake and I am ready to talk about sex. Yes. <laughs> because there was only one clear option for what to talk about on episode sixty nine. Yes. And it is the comic book Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Exactly. How are you though? Before I am well. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this. I I'm doing good. I went to the grocery store. I treated myself to a bagel today nice. and a coffee. Went out there among the people. That's scary. No, I like it. I like to go out there among the people. I love my grocery store. Everyone there is super nice. <laughs> so I've had a good morning so far. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, we are talking about volumes one and two of Sex mm -hmm. Criminals this week. Uh, Melissa. Yes. Have have had you heard of this comic? I had heard of this. I'd heard about this for for years, and like I knew a bunch of people that had read it, and I just hadn't yet picked it up myself. It's it's such such a and not 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 awkward, but it's it's such a clear name that it, <laughs> you, like you you, yes. you you just have to pick it up out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. But you're like, it's one of those things where it's like sex criminals. You're also like, should I be looking at this? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it turns out it's a comic book and it's very funny and it's mm -hmm. fantastic. And it's one of the best like elevator pitches I've ever gotten for a story, yeah. which is these this couple sleeps together and they knew that alone each of them could stop time when they have an orgasm. And now they found out, oh, you can do it too. Yeah. And they use this power to rob banks. Yep. They 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 find out they can stop time when they orgasm and they're they're they they're like, you know what? We should rob a bank. <laughs> but they're robbing a bank for good reason. True. They are yeah. trying to save a local public library. Yeah. <laughs> which I was not aware was part of the story and it's very charming. There there is I I think a lot of stuff about this book that people don't expect. Yeah, um, of of just how informative it actually is, how good the characters are mm -hmm. in, in this. It's not just a gag thing. Oh my god, we got to draw a penis. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's more so that like th this is an actual sto story with just this really goofy, yeah, funny premise. Mm-hmm. So. 
Good stuff. This, um, let's see, it was nominated for two Eisner Awards in 2014, including Best Continuing Series, and it won Best New Series. Uh, and let's see, on February 25th, 2015, it was announced that Matt Fraction made a deal with Universal TV to turn sex criminals into a television show. Mm. I haven't heard any news on yeah, that Yeah, that was since. four years ago. Yeah, so who knows if that's still happening. But this is a very well-received book. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've always heard great things about it, and I'm glad I finally decided to sit down and pick it up. I'd read just the tips before, so you own it. Yes. Hello, peoples. I have uh, <laughs> volumes one and two, which is what we read for this. I picked up volume one uh, a couple years ago when it was on sale uh, during free comic book day. And then I was gifted volume two because um, they, they knew I had volume one. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's do we've, we've kind of mentioned the basic premise already. But mm -hmm. let's let's do maybe a little more detailed one just to get yeah, people our, enticed and then we can our do heroes our heroes are named thoughts. john and Susie. each of them believed this was a power only them had until they sleep with each other and then when they are running around in this frozen time-stopped world which Susie refers to as the quiet because sound it gets all like kind of fuzzy like silent. yeah and john just calls it come world so, <laughs> When they're running around and they're together, they realize there's no consequences. We can rob this bank if we need to to get the money to save the library. And then they encounter this group of other people that also have the same power and have become the sort of sex uh, police. Yes. Like they've <laughs> taken it upon themselves to watch over what everybody else does there in the quiet and to make sure they're all behaving themselves. And they're like, well, who are you guys? Who gave you any authority? We don't know you. And it's just them versus these sex police. Yeah. Yeah. It is fantastic. Um, I, I do have to say, I think the main character of John looks like John Krasinski. <laughs> I, if if he is not cast in the TV show for this, huge missed opportunity. <laughs> well, he's far older than 28 by now. I think that's kind of an obstacle. Yeah, they, they, they could. I, I mean, they don't have to make him 28 in the tv show I, I i don't know if the age thing is super important that he has to be a specific age but he looks a lot like him <laughs> i I'd, i had been aware of this comic but i couldn't like i didn't remember what the main characters even look like so i picked up this comic and like oh no they just drew my ideal man my ideal man is like b grade clark kent there you go and he's like tall and broad-shouldered and he's got like kind of the swoopy brown hair and the glasses and the nose I'm like oh no oh no they've got my number yes <laughs> the 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 funny thing to me is that the characters are so normal looking yeah like it it's uh, I, I mean i i feel like especially for superhero comics uh or or, or, or something like that they go for a more idealized form. They're super chiseled or they're hot or they're super mm -hmm. skinny or, you, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
and these people just look so normal like uh she is a little bit shorter she's maybe yeah. a little stockier she's a little thick mm -hmm. um and yeah he like he is this taller guy who's maybe a little lanky maybe a little goofy looking you know a bigger nose but he's still like he's still kind of charming because of it yeah and it's just like he's just he's so normal mm -hmm. <laughs> he's out there and even like the jogging with like a ripped off shirt and a <laughs> band and he just looks stupid and it's like come on this is great <laughs> and even like the sex police characters i'd say there's only one of them you could call like traditionally like very good looking and he's under a mask the entire time <laughs> yeah and they they refer to him as the the Batman of sex police. Yeah, sex ninja. Yeah, he just shows up in this like morph suit almost. Yeah, I did appreciate that. Everybody's just a just a normal person. Yeah, it's great. Um, cool. So now that we've read it, what are your general thoughts before we get into spoilers and stuff like that? Is there anything else you wanted to say? Oh. I like this a lot. It is as funny as everybody has ever told you. Mm -hmm. It's so much more emotional than I was expecting. Yeah. It's like very real and raw way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like this a lot, but it also it makes you sad reading it. It kind of does because they, they, they do end up deciding to rob this bank for what they think is a good cause. And it's kind of the aftermath of that, that mm -hmm. they have to deal with uh the 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 fact that hey we did actually rob this bank what does that actually mean mm -hmm. are are we doing the right thing who knows oh now the sex police are after us what does that mean <laughs> mm -hmm. you know so it's it's i it's it's surprising i i, I, I yeah I, it's a very introspective story about everything that's happening <laughs> And I think it's handled very adeptly, yes. too. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of sex stuff is just put out there on the mm -hmm. internet, and there's no information backing it up. And just like our school system that teaches all that stuff, it's really bad. It's not mm. good. Uh, and yeah, they have a whole, like, they work in a bunch of, uh, like, statistics and stuff from the Planned Parenthood yeah. website. Uh, in one of the scenes and it's not just like here are stats blah 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 it's like mm -hmm. into conversation and, and yeah. her like dream sequence of what she wants to have happen mm -hmm. uh, so it's 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 neat that they can put that stuff in there yeah everything about it feels very natural every like crazy joke or like really strong emotional beat or just like hey here's just some solid background information on medically how this works yeah. everything seems like it fits right in the story never stops to try and do something yeah so the last thing i want to mention is that i, I think as of right now there's 25 issues out okay. of this book i don't think it's done but i think they're very slow in putting out new issues if i remember mm -hmm. correctly so we read the first two volumes which is the first 10 mm -hmm. we almost read half of what is out yeah um but uh there's there's still a little bit more after this and i I don't think the story is done either so there we go mm -hmm. good stuff yeah uh 
little bit of housekeeping for you all, and then we will get into spoilers and start discussing the book a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Last week here on the review show, we covered Titans season yeah. one. This is the DC Universe original show mm-hmm. uh, chronicling the adventures of the Teen Titans. I guess at this point, just going by t- Titans. Yes. They haven't really said if there's a uh, another version of the Teen Titans. Like they were the Teen Titans. Go go watch the show. Uh, <laughs> They're not all teens. Yeah, they are not all teens. Um, so yeah, go 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 check that stuff out. Uh, we do have another uh, Patreon exclusive episode mm-hmm. of the review show coming very shortly. Uh, I think Melissa, you and I are going to be recording it maybe just early Damn, this week. Yeah, next some, couple days. Here. Yeah. Uh, so that is g- g- going to be a compare and contrast a- a- episode on Superman Annual Number Eleven from mm-hmm. like nineteen eighty six or something like that, uh, a- 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 and Justice League Unlimited Episode Two. Mm-hmm. Both of those, uh, or I-, I guess the J- J- Justice League Unlimited one is in animated adaption of the storyline in superman annual number 11 which is entitled for the man who has everything and is written by alan moore with art by dave gibbons that is the team that did watchmen mm-hmm. uh, and it is a superman story uh, about his birthday and what one of the villains in his life gets him for his birthday <laughs> so uh you guys if you guys have access to dc unlimited or DC, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. DC Universe. Uh, you guys can read and watch the, those with us. Uh, and that will be available at the $3 tier on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the whatnots. Mm-hmm. You can support us. Uh, Melissa, what did we just talk about on the captain's log recently? It, it was a whole lot of everything, I felt like. Uh, well, we put dessert first, and we talked about our favorite ice cream flavors, and then we ended the episode where I told you about a local Missouri restaurant where they throw the dinner rolls at you. That's right. Like free t-shirts. <laughs> it great. And then I don't know what happened in the middle. <laughs> Something happened. Yeah. Uh, and then, let's see, we also just recently recorded an episode of The Reactor Core, uh-huh. uh, in which I got to spoil the hell out of a Netflix original series called Money Heist mm-hmm. to Melissa. You had never seen it, but I had, and I liked yep. it. And I was like, Melissa, listen to me talk about this show because yes. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yep. And you spent two hours explaining three seasons of this Spanish crime thriller show to me. And it was a good time. It's really fun. Exactly. Uh, mm. So you guys can find all of that at thewhatnots.com. Yeah. Uh, or you guys can find the podcast versions just by searching The Whatnots in your podcast app. And all of our shows will yeah. pop up there. All you guys can feeds. go check them out and subscribe. Yeah. If you like this episode, we have more crime for you. And I don't know if we have more sex for you, but, you know, we just say dick a lot in the Titans episode because that's the guy's name. Yeah. So it's close enough. Yeah. There you (laughs) go. We go from lots of dicks to sex criminals. Yep. That's how it happens, guys. (laughs) All right. Let's get into spoilers. Here we are. Melissa. Yes. I I don't know. So you, I'm assuming you read these 
digitally somewhere. Oh, no, actually, oh. Uh, I, I was able to find him at a local library. There you go. Having fun I, isn't hard when you've got a, <laughs> got library, a library card. card. I didn't know if they'd be there or not. Actually, like my brother was at the library for something and I told him, oh, we're going to be doing this for the podcast this week. And he's like, here, I just got them for you. Oh, just nice. take him back to that library I got him from. Perfect. I I was gonna ask if you read the digital versions if they had the back matter. Uh, I hope they would have the back matter. So the back matter in these are great. Yeah, that the, it's one of my favorite parts of this book. Just all of the stupid stuff that they put at the end. But apparently, this is not all of it. Um, huh? Because especially, let's see. I think it's volume two. Uh, yeah, it's volume two here that they have their. Uh, like sex tips that they turned into the book, j- j- just the tips. Yes. Uh, but it says each and every issue, Matt and Chip dole out helpful sex tips. So mm-hmm. this, like the stuff that's in the back of this is more of a sampler of the stuff uh-huh. you would get if you bought the issues individually. So it's kind of like a, in- like an incentive, like, hey, there's even more back matter that we're not showing you in the individual ones so if you can track those down you can have some fun but they have uh some great sex tips (laughs) in in the back here of volume two um i think my favorite is having sex in new places can be exciting like when neil armstrong fucked fucked the the moon moon. yeah (laughs) fellas want to drive her wild then learn how to fold a goddamn bath towel, Jerry. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I imagined that your favorite one would be, ladies, looking to blow his mind in bed, invent a time machine in bed. Yeah. Actually, actually my favorite one is the one right above that. BDSM stands for Bondage, Discipline, Spider-Man. <laughs> that might be the best one. Like, it's I think fantastic. I heard that as a joke way before I even knew what this comic was. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a whole bunch of those, like, mm-hmm. Cosmo-style sex tips where yep. it's, uh, let's see, denying your partner's satisfaction <laughs> can be a real turn-on for both of you. Blindfold your partner, tease them with light touches, and then move to, to a new city. <laughs> so they, they have a lot of fan, fan, fantastic stuff like that in, in, mm-hmm. in the back. That's just by itself is raisin enough uh to do all they have they have a list of all of their sex like they're just the stupid ass sex names that they like this move is called brimping (laughs) and they just have a list Mm -hmm. of all all of those names (laughs) Uh, they have like fake interviews and like a fake radio play in the background it's it's fantastic Mm -hmm. um and and yeah, we mentioned the the, the just the the t- tips book. That's like a small. It's a small like. It's like the size of book. like a uh, like a. It a looks pack like of the post it notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it it is perfect for like bathroom reading. Like you stick mm-hmm. this in like the the pulpery basket <laughs> that's like right uh, right on on mm-hmm. top of the the toilet bowl tank there. Uh, so. Good stuff. I, I, mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out to all of that. Besides that, though, where do you want to start with this book? Ah, I was, like I said, the emotional parts of it were really striking okay. to me. I had 
imagine this as more of like a straightforward adventure comedy, something a lot more screwball sure. than what it ended up being. It's very oh, like everything they do takes its toll emotionally on right. the characters, right. not just like, oh, no, we have these crazy powers and like we're being chased by like this weird police force that actually has no real authority no so we don't know how to deal with that they're just sort of nerds that want to tell other people what to do in the time stopped sex world like beyond all of the wacky stuff that's happening it's just the stress of a new relationship plain and simple like anybody without a superpower would have yeah yeah i i, I think uh, no pun intended. I think a lot of people come for the sex, uh, but stay for the the actual like characters with a lot yes. of weight to them. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I think there's another comic that's coming to mind that I'll re recommend at the end of of this. Um, oddly enough, it's one that I've not read, but I've heard incredible things, and it's one that I wouldn't have expected, and from people that i wouldn't have expected huh. to read but it is another comic kind of about the whole like bdsm lifestyle and all oh. of that and you would think it would just be an excuse to draw porn and smutty stuff and it like no like from everything i hear like the characters are fantastic and that's why you stay like you really stay to watch their mm -hmm. relationship and how it it develops and I think I think I think it's kind of the same with this too. It's not as focused on their like, uh -huh. the, especially especially in the volumes that we read, we get a lot of their relationship. But I think they were also just starting to go out and find other people in the world that have yeah. similar powers. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems like it's going to get to be more of that adventure that I think you were maybe looking for. Yeah. Uh, but it it's it starts you off with these really strong characters that you want to just keep following and be like, okay, tell me more about your relationship. What kind yeah. of dates do you guys go on? What and happened like, on? Yeah, you know, every side character that's introduced is also really interesting. Like we don't have any backstory on the villains yet, but we're getting more on like Susie's roommate, and she goes to a new. OBGYN, who it turns out is an old childhood friend of John's. We get to know that guy. And I love Jasmine St. Cocaine. Yes. What a great <laughs> who name. <laughs> who has been John's favorite porn star. Like he just found her on one of those weird mystical fabled porn magazines in the Out woods. woods. Yeah. Like dudes will talk about <laughs> so many times. This must be a legit real thing uh, and it's, not it's like some thing. weird cultural monomyth. I've never experienced because I grew up with the internet. Yeah. So I always had it that way. But yeah, like pre-internet, that was the thing. You just like, had you to find a lady in a magazine. Jack off, yeah. And for him, that was Jasmine St. Cocaine. And like, she's just kind of this running gag in the first issue. But then out of nowhere in the in the, in the the second volume, there's an entire backstory about her. There's yeah. a whole issue from her perspective. And like, you don't really know who it is at first yeah. for like the first page or two. And then you're like, oh, Oh, it's her. It's her entire backstory. It's how She's she going... got into the 
porn industry. Yeah. Yeah. And how she's going to – her story gets introduced to John and Susie's story and all these characters are interacting together by the end of volume two. Uh, Like they – John and Susie find each other and then they find their enemies and now we're getting to the point where they're like we need allies out there in come world. Yeah. Come one, come all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I also want to talk real quick about the page where they introduce Come World. So this is what John calls just the existence, just the experience when he is able to stop time. And Susie's always called it the quiet. Uh, John named it after like this sex shop in his neighborhood (laughs) growing up. And like he mentioned this to Susie earlier and then they're talking about the quiet and he's like oh it's weird that you call it that and she's like well what did you call it and then it's just they repeat the panel of him looking at the come world sign it's hard cut to come world, come world. <laughs> like it's just it's very good visual storytelling there's yeah there's a lot of visual gags in the back around in more than one ways uh <laughs> um <laughs> But like if if you look at all of the posters within the sex shop or yeah. all of the names of the toys and the products and all of that stuff, they're all just the stupidest shit, and it's so funny. <laughs> Let me see where let's see if I can What's, find. What was your favorite you... movie parody porn title? I, th- I think you know what it is, Shrock. <laughs> because it's 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 the most like non-sex related one in there yeah. but they still have to they still have it's just to a, uh, it's just a sexy shrek yeah uh there's some good ones sky balls is good sky i balls, did like yeah. hard on fink my on favorite fink, yeah. one this is one of the first couple ones they use and it is the most obscure reference mm-hmm. there's a movie called unshien analoo which is a takeoff on the 1929 silent surrealist film Unshien Andalou, which was directed <laughs> by Salvador Dali. And it's just 20 minutes of unsettling surrealist imagery. That's funny. And they're like, well, we have to put this in our like first five porn parody names. Right. Uh, so let's see. They have. Let's see. What's a good uh, one here? There's Moon. The Sam Rockwell movie Moon, but it's just Poon. Right. <laughs> nice and simple. Uh, so one of the toys that they have here is just c- c- called Half a Tit. And it's like... Why not? Half of, it's Half of a Tit. Yeah, and it says, why not? <laughs> yeah. I like how many things are like really good jokes and the other ones are, you know, Chip, just, Chip Zdarsky just like, I don't know, how about this? Yeah. There's, there's a poster uh, that... So you, the first line is c- kind of cut off, but you can uh, kind of guess what it says. And it says, straight men fucking lesbians. And then the subtitle is, everyone is having a horrible time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the incredibly specific porn genres. Right. It's so funny. I think my favorite item in the sex shop is a bra where each cup just has tits written on it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, oh, that's a real product I'd buy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why not? Why? That, that, that's like that, that's like the perfect caption for a lot of why the, those like fake novelty. To- yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. 
Um, yeah, so like, a, 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 despite all of the comedy in here, a lot of the characters have a lot of depth and weight to them. They feel like real people. They look mm-hmm. like real people. I think they they react like real people yes. too, in in the sense that they are they're awkward. They're scared. They make jokes when they feel awkward or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones is uh, when she is having the it's it's the IUD put in mm-hmm. and the, the doctor which she finds very attractive is poking around inside her and he 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 he's like you have like the most perfect cervix i've ever felt <laughs> and she like just textbook. right and and she just like doesn't know how to respond and then goes thanks i work out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And 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 like she's saying that as a joke and as this like oh god I don't know what to say. Yeah. And, but yeah. he 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 responds with this very genuine. No, it actually shows. Like Uh-huh. Like you you actually do and it's worked out well for you. <laughs> um and I I I feel like something like that is just a very genuine moment. Yes. <laughs> We're just like, like there's uh, what do you that you shouldn't say that i I work out <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get both kinds of jokes in here like the very smart like the writers making jokes and then the writers making the characters and the characters make the jokes because that's exactly what a real person would do right um which I there is no indication as to whose stories belong to who, but apparently Matt Fraction has mined uh, both himself and Chip Zdarsky and his family and friends for their sex stories, and have, <laughs> uh, he's interwoven some of them in 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 this comic uh, as well as made some of them up. Is one of the things that he had said. They were like. Are any of these stories based off of real life? Like some of the stuff he's like, well, I'm not going to say, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but some of them are. So It'd have to be. You could yeah. never make enough of the stuff up on your own that would be as good as what real life would give you. Yeah. Or j- j- yeah, just that idea of like, you do actually ask your OGBYN out for a date. Mm-hmm. And that on that first date, you walk outside with the coffee to see him and your ex like, right there, and they're good friends. And you're just like, oh fuck! Oh, it's like, oh, I'm I'm the third wheel on my first not even vague date with this guy. Yeah, great. So let's let's actually let's talk about that date for a second mm-hmm. there, and then because of that, let's go back and t- t- talk about the library and all this stuff that's happening mm-hmm. with that after that. I thought that date it, it it's a really interesting sequence. Um I, again, I think it's very genuine. But it was it's, that I think was maybe the weirdest part of it cuz it's on that date that mm-hmm. uh not only does she kind of become the third wheel but then her old roommate comes back into the picture and they pair off in almost this double date kind of fashion yeah. but she isn't with the one she's supposed to be on the date with 
she's back with John and yeah. they're kind of holding hands. It's just like, how did I don't like if I was the doctor dude in that situation, I would feel v- very weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it I, is, I don't know if I belong. It is here. kind of odd that he doesn't like kind of close that loop with Susie. Like, so, do you want to go back to the coffee shop now? Like, what are what are we doing now like, about it? Yeah, cool. We're we're gonna go have our date over here now. <laughs> Thanks, I, guys. <laughs> I like how that whole thing works out because she sees um, Robert and John together, and she's like, "Oh, they're old friends." John really needs a friend. Yeah, like she realizes John needs a friend more than she needs another guy to date. And then her roommate shows up and she's like, eh, this is what you are liable to do is just sort of try and make the moves on any man who isn't nailed down. Yeah. You know what? Go for it. Go ahead. Have fun. You know, like she's, it was such a whimsical thing for her to do in the first place and that she did it on a whim. Just like, yeah, hey, you're cute. Why not? Coffee? So that when it doesn't work out, you can see from her perspective, just like, eh, Oh, yeah. I gave it a shot. This isn't what I planned on, but this seems like it's working out nicely for people. For sure, and mm-hmm. it's 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 also an experience for her to see J- 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 John like truly happy and not yeah. like I'm so focused on we need to rob this bank and mm-hmm. we need to do that. You know that she she it's it's one of those moments where it's just like I do kind of really like him. Yeah, now that I've seen him in a very normal circumstance. Yeah. And I like that this comic took the time to say, okay, you guys need friends. Like yeah. they've got each other. I like that it's not all about the romance. There's also like Susie is so interested in John, she kind of like lets her roommate fall by the wayside. Like she's not really talking to her. She's spending all her time at John's. She thinks her roommate's mad at her. Mm-hmm. So they got for coffee together and like Susie explains this whole like, okay. I have to tell you this. Yes, like we can stop time when we have sex with each other. Like she lays it all out and she thinks the roommate isn't going to accept it or doesn't believe her. And she's like, okay. Yeah. All right. I get like, she gets it. And then they're back to being friends again. And it's a real, like, Oh, like it's like a sigh of relief for the audience as well as for Susie. It's funny because I feel like, I, I almost feel like that was glossed over, right? Like, that's one of those things I think you see in a lot of TV shows or comics where it's like, oh my god, I have superpowers. I can do it. Look, watch. And, and yeah. or it's, especially if it's like a time travel related thing, mm-hmm. they're like, prove it. Like, yeah. wh- what's, what's in my pocket right right now? And, you, you know, they do something to figure it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it, it. It's they. They do have that scene, but but it's so minimal that it's 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 almost just yeah. It's just like all right, cool. You have super. Yeah, like that's it. It's it's not too easy. Like you buy the fact that her friend buys it that early. Like it doesn't feel weird or forced yeah. or like oh, we just need to move the plot along. She's in on it. It's fine. That, like it all makes volume sense. One or still, volume two. That's in volume two. Two. Because it's after the bank robbery. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Also, some of the shirts that John wears are fantastic. I think my favorite is the one that just says shirt. 
<laughs> I exactly. I love these. This story is such a combination of like I've got like you know it's the jokes they spent like an hour trying to crack and then they cracked it and then it's the other ones it's like oh that right the yeah. shirt says shirt they're yeah. not all gonna be winners. <laughs> so back to Susie and her roommate. What was her roommate's name again? Rochelle. Rachel. Rach. Or, no, something like that. Um, yeah. So she tells her roommate that she has this power and her roommate just kind of sits there in silence and and she's like rach and and, and she's like yeah i and she just like is struggling to say something like should i say this i don't know if i should or not and she goes shit did i just fuck this up does does she think Mm -hmm, i'm kidding mm -hmm. kidding does she think and then she goes one time one time I queefed so hard the sheet I made the sheet move and then it's just silence between both of them and she, and she goes <laughs> she makes the sound effect yes I love that page I love that her attitude's just like well I don't know if that it's, happened what else could happen it's it's not even that she just accepts that her roommate can time travel it's almost yeah. like she feels like she's telling a joke but mm-hmm. at the same time it's a very intimate joke and so she yeah. wants to like relieve this the, the t- t- tension or the situation just by being like well here's something embarrassing about me too yeah <laughs> oh, good stuff <laughs> it is one of the strongest visual components of this series the way Chip Zdarsky draws the facial expressions and how many of these panels are just silent, like word bubbleless, no narration, no sound effect, like empty panels on just somebody's face reacting to something. Yeah. Sometimes for like a couple panels at a time, like in that page specifically, like you see somebody's face like kind of change and they work over something and then it lands. Like every time somebody like makes a joke or whatever, there's the reaction page, the reaction yeah. panel for it. Yeah. It's good. And it's never these big, oversized, like cartoony, gaggy reaction shots. It's just very normal human faces, just like, mm, eh, eh, ah. like just every face like that is illustrated so perfectly and is given plenty of space. There's so much breathing room that is very gracefully put into the story. I agree. And I, th- I think that helps pace it out well mm-hmm. and make the characters more realistic. We've talked a lot about the characters, though. Let's let's t- t- talk about a l- little bit of the actual plot. Yeah. Uh, this whole c- kind of save the library thing. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a one-page thing or two at the beginning where we find out that Susie's father... Mm-hmm. was killed in this like work related accident uh and we, we we see this guy jumping out the window of a skyscraper uh who's apparently killing himself but he had i get i guess shot a couple people he was probably on drugs uh just stuff like that so it like this mm-hmm. is a traumatic event in Susie's life and it's someone i i think it, it was someone that worked for the bank right no it was her dad was a banker 
And he wasn't even like, he's just like a middle manager, basically. Like he doesn't really have any power. And there's somebody who like lost a bunch of money or something and like blamed the bank and went in to shoot it up and got her dad in the process, even if he had nothing to do with it. Okay. I wonder if that's going to come back some somehow. I get the feeling it would, yeah. yeah. Especially because it's that same bank, isn't it, that they're robbing now and that John works for? That's what I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so John works for the bank, and so I mm-hmm. – that was, that was also something I, I guess I felt like was missing from this book, this realization that – you work for this bank that I hate. I don't know if this will work out. I mean, I don't, not that I like. I I felt like they should pay a lot of att- attention mm-hmm. to that, but that should I like. I feel I felt like that should have come up a little more I, and should have been a little bit more fr- friction, if that makes sense. Because that's her father died at this bank. She kind of doesn't like it now. That same bank is foreclosing on. The library, like, it just- but the thing is, John is a secretary for right. one of the higher ups at the bank, and he introduces himself like that. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna lie and say I'm a personal assistant and s- or say something that says that sounds like more masculine or more professional." I'm He's like, "No, I'm the secretary." So I think she looks at him and sees you're another like little cog right. in the system. You're right. another he, he middle is manager. Not the bank, yeah. Yeah, but I like it's still. I I guess I'm not saying that he is the problem. I I guess I'm overthinking this, but like it may be more of an ethical thing of like how can you work for them when they're like mm. th- these are shitty people. Um, which he he might agree, but then that's the thing of like, all right, well, if you agree, why are you still working there? You, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's a small thing that I don't think they mentioned mm. in this book, which I maybe would have liked to see personally, uh, mm. but I don't know if it's necessarily needed. No, I don't think so. So interest interesting thing to think about if they if they needed to put more relationship friction up front, they certainly could have added that, and it wouldn't have seemed out of place. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so he works for the bank that Susie doesn't like. The bank that John works for is also foreclosing on the mm-hmm. library that Susie works for. And she's sl- slowly buying up the books that the library uh, owns. And so she's mm-hmm. starting her own like personal library at her Yeah, house. like they can only foreclose on the building. Yeah, Maybe I can just save the... all the books and put them somewhere else. Yeah. Um... And then that comes into play that they they and that that that's how they concoct this idea of like why don't we rob the bank like well, why don't we instead of doing it all in one big heist what if we do a bunch of little smaller ones mm-hmm. so it's not as noticeable yeah uh, and use that money from the bank to pay the bank back for the library like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a victimless crime here the bank won't really notice this is just one small building you know yeah um and it's then on that awkward third wheel that turns into a strange double date that they find out the bank kind of reneged and like went back on their word and they have foreclosed and they have started destroying the building they are bulldozing it they have a whole wrecking 
through the air. I I do like the story about the bank's attitude towards the library because John does hate his job so much that like uh, every day, once a week, however often on his lunch break, he will like jerk off, stop time, <laughs> go just poop in the plant. Go poop in his boss's plant in his office, and it has been driving his boss mad, which has been his goal the whole time because oh, he hates his boss. But then he stops doing it, and he realizes, oh, now that that doesn't happen to him all the time, my boss is in a better mood. Now he's a little bit more favorable to like extending the time period for the library to raise the money. Like he was inadvertently working against the library the whole time and didn't know like, and that's such a, a big, almost cartoony mean villainous thing. Like I'm going to foreclose on the library, but it's like, well, if all, if mysteriously poop is just appearing in your office all the time, yeah, you're not in a good headspace. I see how you might get to that level of cartoon villainy. It's fantastic. But then once that problem goes away, the the bank boss is more considerate, and then they find out that that one like kind of masked sex ninja guy in the sex police is a new person at the bank, and he knows. This same guy who works here at the bank is dating the girl who wants to save the library and they tried to rob the bank and they beat me up when we were all fighting together and right. tumbled. I'm I'm gonna convince the boss otherwise. No, forget about extending, you know, the time for them to pay the loan back or whatever. Destroy the bank. Yeah. Destroy the library. Uh yeah, so I is, is does he does that guy work at the bank or is he just a like a rich millionaire dude that Oh, like, I don't remember if he actually the worked there or, or like was a consultant or something like that. I don't remember how he's framed and exactly what his relationship to the bank is, but you can tell Somehow he has he's powerful power. enough, yeah, yeah, to be like, you know what? Let's actually destroy this library mm-hmm. instead. Um yeah, which because I I was wondering if yeah if he actually works for the bank or if it's just because these guys have been fucking and stopping time so much that they've you know gotten on this radar of the sex police and that's why they're kind of making moves to keep closer tabs mm-hmm. on them. What do you think of the sex police here? What's what's going on with with them? I don't know. I'm very intrigued. Hold on. No, I'm just going back to those pages where they introduce Kubel, uh, Kuber Bedal, who is the uh, sex Batman guy. Yeah, he's walking around the bank, and it's not clear exactly what role he plays in the bank. So I don't know if he works in that office or not. Yeah. Anyway. Um I'm very intrigued about them because, like we said, they have no authority. They just decided, we have this authority. We're us. It's in charge. We're in charge of the thing. Or and at, at least we haven't seen it. Like, we don't know if there's people above exactly. them. Exactly. The, the first time you see them showing up in volume one, they look so, like, otherworldly and powerful and they all have these like sexy otherworldly uniforms they look like they are sent from some higher force or something like that they look powerful they look scary 
And as you learn more about them, they really are, except for the fact that the one guy's very rich, they're all just sort of normal people in the real world. And they seemingly really don't have any power in come world. They just decided that they did and they act like they do. And they've never run into anyone before that we know of that has tried to stop them. They've, they've also not really, uh, really talked about their purpose uh, other than being yeah. like, hey, 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 stop that. Exactly. Like finger wagging. It's, yeah. They just want to make sure everybody behaves, but it's, it's so intangible so far. Like we don't know what their lines are, what they really want, why they're doing any of this. Yeah. Which, Which you can te- you can tell it's on the way. They just haven't done it yet. Yeah, I'm assuming volume three. They're gonna talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about that. Um, or I, I I guess in volume three maybe they did because it's already out. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I I I want to know more about them. Is there someone in charge? Do they have a specific purpose or a, spe- yeah. a specific goal that they're working towards mm-hmm. that would be the kind of stuff that i'm interested in because i feel like it's a it's a little bit lacking right now mm-hmm. but again i like the pace that they've been yeah going at they're telling the story at a very good pace mm-hmm. and i like that our heroes are just two normal people that accidentally whoop we have these powers whoop they work when we put them together and the villains seem to be on that same level. They're just people who happen to be able to do this thing. They yeah. have just taken it upon themselves. Like this is this endows us with some sort of authority. Oh, Kegel face. <laughs> oh, Kegel face. Very she's intrigued so- about her because she's just such a normal mom. Yeah, she's just like, well, I don't know if normal is the right word she is a like soccer mom but Mm -hmm. she looks like uh the the lead singer from die ant word (laughs) i guess i I can see that yes like like, it's just that very very thin thing or if uh what's the actors i i i don't remember the actress's name like tilda swinton like she does have that kind of like sharp look to her yeah there's there's a group of people in the walking dead that live in that i'll I'll just put this out there for people who might know there's a group of people in the walking dead uh that live in like the garbage dump out there Mm -hmm. and they like they never talk they and 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 uh something and they're like they're the whoa, 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 the woman that is in charge there they they look very similar she just has this very very thin face it almost mm-hmm. looks malnourished but it's not it's mm-hmm. just very bony yeah uh, but then i like her her i i don't know if she has a different power because we soon get introduced to that that there are different powers out there it's mm-hmm. not just stopping time um but it seems like she can also be in the quiet or in come our world too so she might also have the time travel stopping yeah. one. 
but she's gotten it to the point where like she's done so many kegels that she can basically orgasm on command <laughs> and and just like soup and she'll like stop yeah. stop time and did yeah like she's made it as logistically clean as she possibly can to like seemingly to the point of chasing other people yeah it's it's so funny Mm. Uh, and and, like how would you like to work at the diner where all of a sudden there's a woman heading there and she's gone and there's a message written out in like ketchup yes they were kegels what do you do with that if you're the like bartender like what like what do i what does this mean guys did uh, uh, did, did you do that <laughs> <laughs> who knows i don't know what's going on with our live stream here it's been huh? it's been acting up youtube is being a little funky with me right now anyways um yeah so we we start to see characters that have uh like multiple powers yeah like jasmine saint cocaine has this power too but she can like astral project herself her like spirit leaves her body like a ghost which is so great (laughs) and she's like oh like her and john and Susie time it so they're all doing this at once they're all trying to intercom world at once and like figure this out yeah it's just like oh you guys aren't also sex ghosts? Huh. Yeah, because they when they went to go speak to, 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 to her, it turns out uh, J- J- Jasmine St. Cocaine is also a doctor. Uh, yeah. she, she She has her doctorate in a whole bunch in, of stuff. In, like, time studies. Yeah, she, oh, she's well, been trying to practice they, for They years. made a, p- a pun that she is a professor of horology. Yep. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so she like she's trying to crack this like time travel stuff. It seems like so you kind of assume that she has the same power, and they don't mm-hmm. really ask her exactly what her power is until they're like, okay, we both need to go into the quiet all at the same time. So you go in your room and you <laughs> masturbate, and we'll go over here and we'll fuck and. You will we'll synchronize our watches and like, <laughs> yeah, just keep texting each other. Like, where are you at? Because we have yeah. to time this exactly. <laughs> and then, is... meanwhile, like Robert and Rochelle are like boning out in the car in the parking lot because they're like, also a lot. They're doing in there. Like, what is, why did they? They're also like on this trip to the college Jasmine Saint Cocaine works at. She's yeah. not going by that name anymore. Now she's Dr. Anna Kincaid, but like, yeah. it's still so, it's so much more fun to call her Jasmine St. Cocaine. It really is. Um, so, yeah, so like, do we get all of that stuff? I hear there's more powers <sighs> down the road. Uh, but I, of course, I haven't read that, the, the, those ones. Um, so I like I I I think this is a book that is worth checking out more than what we read. Like yeah. I would be excited to continue reading this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah just for all the the wacky stupid stuff that happens in yeah all of the oh does the willem defoe sex mask come back is sexual gary going to be a real character yes can, can we can we hear about sexual gary <laughs> maybe he's like the real authority figure behind all of maybe this he is he is the sex commissioner that would be wild um or yeah or just like something else to i i I, we've kind of already mentioned it but just how adeptly it handles sex and kinks Mm -hmm. and all sorts of bdsm stuff like when we do get the doctor's backstory Mm -hmm. um, and 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 just to to what he all went through because we there's this weird thing when John is telling his back story, and it's like it's Halloween night, and we were yeah. dressed yes. up as Kiss, but we didn't have our Catman. <laughs> Catman left us behind. Yeah, and she was like, "What? What's that about?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it." And then it turns out that the the doctor was their Catman. They were childhood mm-hmm. friends, and he had this traumatic experience where. He is trying to dress up as Kiss, and he didn't think anything of it, but he remembered, like, a year or two ago, he was looking in his parents' closet, and he found these, like, leathery, strappy kind of things, and he was like, huh, that's not for me. Oh, well. And then he moved on, and so he was like, maybe I can use those for my Kiss outfit thing. Just not thinking about what they were. Yeah. Um. And so he, like, walks into his parents' room to find them, to find his father, like, being gagged. He has on nipple clamps. He's getting pegged. Like, and he just walks in on his his mom pegging his father. And he just has this, like, traumatic experience of, like, what did I just see? No, what I love about it is that the way he processes this, he's like... I just feel dumb. I didn't put it together earlier. Right. Like he's not point. traumatized. It he's so like, well. like he's just embarrassed, and he's like more than anything, he's like, I feel bad for embarrassing my parents. Like he tell his dad tries to talk to him about it, and he's like, Dad, you are literally out of all of my friends, the only set of parents that are yeah. still together. If something makes you happy, do it. No matter Go what it, it is, yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, and he comments, I think that is the most mature thing I have still ever said in my yeah. life. I mean, it's still it's still a traumatic experience yeah. to walk in on that. But yeah, like mm-hmm. the, the, the p- p- point being that they handle it very adeptly. Yes. Uh, and it, it is this kind of revelatory moment for that character to... It, it, it just, just for, for I, I guess, for him to not judge people... Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, because it's not it's not his own sexual awakening per yeah. se. Maybe it is down the road. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But what they focus on, yeah, is 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 this idea of like, well, I, like maybe I don't understand it. Maybe it's not something I'm into into mm-hmm. into. But it seems to make you happy, and it doesn't bother me. So have fun. Like, yeah. Hey, Sorry for walking in. I should have. Yeah, not. he's like, I'm sorry. Don't feel embarrassed. I'm sorry. I made you feel embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of all the characters in the story are really kind and understanding. Like they have so many problems, but there's this very warm core to everything that's happening, and like yeah. there's so much like 
acceptance and easygoingness and fluidity. Like one thing I really like about Jasmine St. Cocaine's backstory is that she first, she was like an adult before she realized she could do this time stoppage thing. Cause like she, she she hadn't actually orgasmed or like she'd never gotten it that hard Right. That she was able to ascend to this godly <laughs> level where she astral projects her, her out astral, of her body. Yeah, right. She <laughs> hasn't <laughs> left her body. Yeah, like and that. I think the panel says, like, I am God, <laughs> like, literally on it. But, like, it happens <laughs> when it's another woman with a strap on having sex with her in one of these porn movies. And she says, yeah, like, uh, she mentions... I'd never really thought of myself on like a far along on like the women interested in women's spectrum. But most of the times this has happened to me, it has been with another woman. So I don't know. There you go. Like she's just so fluid and easygoing about it. And like it's on the set of the first porn film she ever made. (laughs) That actress's name is Clint Eastwood. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of that scene, that is actually an Easter egg to another image co- comic. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, it's the wicked and the divine, and the porn p- p- parody in this book is the wicked and the divine. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, the the woman with the like short blonde hair with the like white suit that has mm-hmm. the like the middle of it open and the big strap on is one of the main characters in in the wicked and the divine mm-hmm. uh it is i believe that is lucy L- lucifer that's the de- 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 devil okay de- 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 basically um which i if i i i read the first volume of wicked and, and the divine but that was a long time ago when it first came out uh if i remember correctly the premise of that is like all of the gods that people worship do actually exist or mm-hmm. or or some or something like that but they reincarnate like every 90 years or mm-hmm. so or, or so so they they come back as these like new people and stuff so it's this i i think it's like a murder mystery like one of the gods gets murdered or something huh. like that and there's this like time limit before they all like have to reincarnate as someone else for them to okay i don't know i i could be wrong but yeah it is it's like oh that's an easter egg to another image comic so there you go neat (laughs) what there's so much meta level going on in this story i really like it beyond just like the pun like this actress names her strap on daniel day screw it's (laughs) Clint Eastwood and Daniel Day Screwits. I love it. Um, so I, I, we have yet to talk about the best scene in in this entire in in these two volumes, mm-hmm. and that's Fat Bottomed oh. Girls. Yes. How could we forget the Fat Bottomed? girl scene is great it's in i think it's in volume one it is in volume one it's one of the first couple dates john and Susie go on they're at like a bowling alley pool hall that also yeah, like, like a blares all this music bar. and you can go like grab a, a microphone and karaoke along with it and Susie's like oh they're playing my song and it's fat bottom girls 
And the panels are all illustrated with her getting up there. She's on the mic. She's doing all these dance moves. Every other person, like in the pool hall, suddenly like is wearing background this outfit, dancers, background and, yeah. dancing with her. And you can see every word bubble where she is singing the lyrics to Fat Bottom Girls have like a post-it note over it. And it's just Matt and Chip explaining, like, we really wanted to do this whole scene, but we couldn't get the rights to Fat Bottom Girls for the issue printing. And then we tried again for the graphic novel printing, and we still couldn't get them. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) And it's what's what's interesting about this scene is the lighting in Mm -hmm. in this too it's a bunch of like multicolored like spotlights all like what what you would expect to see at a concert however Mm -hmm. it's also very similar to what you see like the weird shimmery lighting stuff that you see in the quiet um and for john he has two panels um that like interrupts all of this where he says in case you were wondering, babe, fat-bottomed girls was when I knew I loved you. And so yeah. it's 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 this, like, he's seeing her, like, in the zone, like, doing her thing, singing th- this karaoke song, dancing on the pool table. Uh, there's background dancers, but with the lighting effects that mm-hmm. he sees, it's almost this sexual experience for for yeah. For, it's for this him. like Dreamweaver thing. You yeah. remember Wayne's World where he sees the girl and Dreamweaver right. starts to play? It's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 not the exact same, but it's a very similar effect as she is like sexually. Dancing on the pool table and doing all sorts of stuff. That's... Wow, I know, right? Freddie yeah. fucking Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it ends. I'm trying to find these pages, and I just flip past the Willem Dafoe sex mask again. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, this is I, beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 a fantastic scene that I I, I think it plays out really well in the comic and it has a great gag where they do the, the, the post-it note stuff. Um, I'm if, if this does actually make it to a TV show, I'm wondering how this is going to play. Cause one on one hand, I would love to see them go all out, just go full Bollywood with this and just make it a music video. There's hundreds of back around dancers. There's spotlights. She's dancing on tables. That'll be fantastic. But I think part of what makes this scene so special is this just like extra meta layer (laughs) Of like, well, we don't actually have the rights to this, so we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually don't know how that works in the comic. I honestly kind of think that was the gag the entire exactly. time. Um, like, there's, there's so much... You look at the panels and they're beautiful, but I don't imagine that originally the idea... I don't think for you the have joke to get the was just to lyrics to stuff. You can just credit them. I don't know, but you look at it know, and they're like, whatever. the joke has to be more than just Susie sings "Fat Bottom Girls" and everybody else jumps up and dances with her. Like that's good, but like everything else in this comic is on such a higher level. Like I really get the idea. Oh, we should do that. Oh, and 
pretend like we could never even get the rights to the thing. And so it's I, just if if you were to do this scene on television, how would you do it? Ah. Uh, I, I want to, idea. I just want to hear their voices come in like a DVD commentary. Well, like the uh, real audio of the scene gets like turns out. out so low down. It's like I that hey guys, uh, Matt and like... Chip here. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I think something like that would be really funny. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it. it wouldn't play the the same but i think would be equally funny in its own right of them instead of showing her doing this scene it cuts like right before she starts and it just is like cell phone footage of chip sadarsky singing (laughs) at some at some karaoke bar and then matt matt being like so we didn't have the budget to uh actually film all of those actors and doing all of that so here's chip sadarsky (laughs) (laughs) i like that too like they can get the rights to the song but that was all of the money they spent it just on the rights and it's like now we can't actually film what we want to film yeah, we don't we don't have enough to film this or hire all the the, the extras and all that. Yeah, so, so something like that would be really funny. <sighs> one one other thing I want to mention that I thought was really funny. One of the sex police people, yeah, uh, in like police often have nightsticks to like hit people yeah with. he doesn't have a nightstick he just has a dildo to beat people with <laughs> just got a night rod yeah, exactly he has a nice rod to beat people with <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yet with that same character he is this like almost ron jeremy looking yes. character where he is just this normal he he's a bus yeah, just driver. Sort of he's this overweight, balding older man. Looks like a slob a, yeah. a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but then he just like he's all like he is someone that I want to know more about because more about- he's so mundane, and because of the scene when John sneaks into the like base, the like secret basement, yeah, uh, hideout of the sex police, mm-hmm. uh, and he comes running in. The, the 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 fat guy comes running in and he's so genuine he, like he yeah. just seems so nice and like ready to be there and ready yeah. to save the world and yeah it, like sean going in there triggers some sort of like an alarm to the other sex police and he shows up just like okay wh- what are we doing tonight like, i got the alarm what's what's going on oh wait you're not <laughs> i am real curious about them as a unit because it doesn't seem like they're really having sex with each other. Like none of none of them seem like they are boning another one of them. <laughs> Not really. You can imagine you it know. might happen, but they don't like there's no chemistry well, among that team. I don't know, because there is the scene when the sex police do capture John and Susie and they're tied up in the van and mm-hmm. Susie recognizes the sex cuffs that she's tied up and she goes oh i know how to get out of the, the, yeah. these um and so she gets out she takes john's fake gun which one of the sex police is holding it turns out it's a taser 
not a, an actual no it's gun, a vibrator it's not right. even a taser right it's a it's a vibrating it's a, gun. It's a fun taser yeah um and in the chaos of her trying to get this gun she yeah like hits the kegel face's tit and it like vibrates and sh- sheila likes it so it turns her on mm-hmm. but at the same time the two other like sex police that are there are watching her get turned on and and they also get turned on so it doesn't explicitly say that they're all fucking or they're all having these Mm. wild sex police orgies but i think between that scene and just going into their secret base and seeing the like giant rack of dildos just like any shape no, and size an, you can it's think an of. iron throne of dildos it really is and yeah and it just like to see all like they ha- they they'll have to they, they have to do something to all get into yeah the quiet or whatever their power it is so i yeah what do they call it <laughs> yeah maybe maybe, maybe 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 they they do all just like, all right orgy time let's go yeah like and like if they do have something like that, it seems so practical. Like, I'm really curious what, what if any emotional bonds those three have with each other. Right. Like, yeah. how much do they like each other? Will they, like, all, you know, if it's Cooper's birthday, is he inviting the other two out for, you know, oh, come to drinks with me? Like, what do they do? It's also strange that Kegelface has that basement locked up. But it seems like she's lying to her family about what she's actually doing in her spare time. So I'm assuming that the family doesn't know what's in the basement. And that's also really strange. Yeah, that I'm, they I'm just intrigued. have this room locked up. What kind of relationship she has with her husband and what that's like. Or maybe the husband does know. Maybe the husband is the one in charge. Who knows? Yeah. Uh and she's only lying because the kids are there and she doesn't mm. want the kids to know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's strange. There's there's a lot unexplained still. Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to t- talk about with this before we wrap up? <sighs> one, one final background joke. Sure. There's lots of flashbacks to John and Susie as kids, and there's plenty of fake, jokey, like, read posters in in their classrooms. Right, yeah. And there's one that has a picture of Mr. Fantastic, and it says, my friends call me Reed. <laughs> but spelled R-E-A-D instead of R-E-E-T. Yeah. Which is the, the dumbest, was... simplest joke, but I really loved it. There was one, there's another one that is supposed to be reading is sexy, but, but it's, it, it's reading is sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a picture of a frog or something on it. It's yeah. like, no, it looks like an absolutely normal children's read reading poster. Like, oh, there's a cute animal and reading is sexy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do want to say the last thing too. They also address kind of uh, how difficult it can be for some people to reach orgasm and stuff because mm-hmm. that's kind of J- 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 Chasmin St. Cocaine's whole thing is yeah. like it rarely happened when it did it was usually only with women 
but on like it it seemed like over the years of her doing all because that that that's really what made her being like okay i'm actually gonna stick with this porn thing of like trying to chase that high right um but for when when they're trying to get into the quiet and she is off in her room and john and Susie are in another room she has a whole like sabian like saddle thing that she's straddling she has like four dildos she has like a whole a whole arsenal of stuff yeah her nipple clamps are electric because why just have them regular that's for tourists yeah right like she needs like she needs everything to Mm -hmm. just like reach that because john awkwardly asks like well do you have everything you need and she goes no i need like three guys with big dicks to come rail me but i have to work with what i got you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i like her a lot oh Mm. also one thing that we don't get explained Mm. that i'm sure is going to be talked about much more in uh Volume three, when John starts seeing this new therapist who might yeah. also have powers, hmm. the guy's picture was in one of the files that Kegelface had, oh. but I don't know if that was John's file. And it was like, hey, this is the picture of the new therapist hmm. he's seeing, or if it, it it was his own thing that he has yeah. his own powers there. That's unclear. But ever oh. since he started seeing him. We get these weird panels of this perfectly black box that John is seeing in this red room. It seems to be mental or off in some other dimension Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. It seems to be in his mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't, like, there's no explanation for it. And there's a couple things. And he, like, John is always appearing naked in Mm -hmm. those scenes. And it's looking like he's wanting to reach out and touch this box but he yeah. never does or he n- 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 never gets close enough for for him to actually touch it uh i just thought that was awkward i saw that yeah i'm in this one. i, I think it shows up mostly when he is talking about his relationship with Susie and how he thinks he loves her okay so it seems like some of, sort of, of love cube <laughs> Of of yeah, just like this next stage of like, do I really want to open that box? Do I really yeah, want to open yeah. that? Yeah, that that might be that. That's actually a good ex- explanation. I like that. Wait, you weren't weird sex ghost too? Huh. <laughs> There's so much going on in these books. There's so many places it can go. Like, um, I'm really interested to get back to John and Susie and their parents. Like both of them had a parent who is missing. Susie's dad died in that shooting and John's mom ran off and both of them were left with just like one distant alcoholic single parent left. Yeah. And I'm curious, did they ever kind of, uh, did that even out as they got older? Where are their parents now? Are they doing better? Like do, did they ever get, closer you know do they want to get closer are we ever going to get back to that in these stories too yeah we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see there's a lot of interesting there's stuff. so much in these books i'm very glad i read these because it's 
a lot more than what I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Um, okay. I think that about wraps us up for talking mm-hmm. about this stuff. Let me pull up my notes for what I'm going to pitch. Yeah. For this next week. Um, okay. I have my notes, but I need. Oh, did you have any recommendations? Oh, that's right. We should do that. Um, if you liked sex criminals, you might also like. So according to the Wikipedia, uh, films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, mm-hmm. Bridesmaids, and Jackass the Movie were mentioned as <laughs> touchstones for the comic. Okay. Uh, and Fraction himself confirmed in an interview that the works of Billy Wilder also inspired him deeply in writing. Um, So I, the comic that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. What was that? Is called Sunstone. It's by Stepan Sayich. And it is, I believe it's published by image comics now. Um, But yeah, there's a number of volumes out on that, but it's, it's a comic that I feel like a lot of people get turned off to by the art on the front of the cover. The art mm. is not bad by any means, but it does very, very much look like it's f- from deviant art or something like that. Okay. So I think a lot of pe- people yeah. who maybe aren't used to a style like that will write it off because it's, of that. Yeah, it's very, oh, glossy. Yeah. Um. And it's it's not as much on the interiors, um, but it, yeah, like it. This this is a book that just looks like straight up porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's BDSM left and right. There's LGBTQ relationships in there as well. Well, I think I think the premise is that a girl is interested in learning more about bdsm relationships and stuff like that has a bad experience with a guy and so then starts engaging in another relationship with a woman in Mm -hmm. in, instead to be like well at least you're a woman too so you kind of know where i'm coming from they can relate and stuff like that um but yeah and it's just about all of the relationships that they have and stuff like that Again, this is not one that I have read, so I can't personally recommend it, but I remember listening to multiple comics podcasts as they were discovering this book, and some of them who in a million years I would never think would ever read any book like this was like, holy shit, I picked up this book and it was amazing. It was so good. I'm doing a Google image search for this, and these interior panels are really gorgeous. Yeah. And a whole lot of sex. Yes! (laughs) Uh, So I would check out that. That would be my my, uh, recommendation for that. Uh, Sex criminals reminded me a lot of just an escalated adult version of Scott Pilgrim. And that it's got that combination of kind of supernatural things going on, but really that's just a backdrop, a framing device to, like, very real emotional problems. Right, yeah. Like, this feels like your next step up. If you're like, okay, more emotional darkness and more sex and more crime, (laughs) 
then you read sex criminals. And I've mentioned this countless times, but again, the Venture Brothers. Yeah. It's also got that like full of pop culture jokes and gags and really irreverent. And it's just, it seems like this screwball raunchy adventure, but it does have some real emotions behind it. And there's one episode where, so the premise of the show is that it's this former like Johnny Quest type boy adventurer who's now like this grown up, washed up man in his like 40s and he's balding and he's alone and he's miserable and he's got these two teenage sons he has no idea what to do with. And he just keeps going on these adventures because it's the only life he's ever known because it was his scientist father who carried him all around the world. And in this show, there was almost a Johnny Quest style show about Rusty Venture when he was a little boy. That's awesome. So in one episode, he finds out that a Rusty Venture is the name of a sex move. But everybody he asks has a different answer for For what what it it actually is. (laughs) I love that. And like he talks to so many people and the other people will talk to somebody like – Okay, I don't know, but you know who's going to know? And they call up another character. And it's all these people you've seen before, but you didn't know they knew each other. Like, it's a (laughs) hero calling, like, some henchman. And, like, hey, a rusty venture. How do you define that? Like, everybody's at a party together, like, calling each other and trying to determine specifically what is a rusty venture. And they think they've got the answer. And, like, this one gay guy's like, oh, well, in the gay community, it means something completely different. That's so funny. Speaking of sex moves, let's mm-hmm. a- a- end our discussion on sex criminals yeah. by reading out some of the sex m- move. Matt and Chip's ultimate sex moves. Our master list of what did and didn't make the cut in the washroom <laughs> stall. Uh, there is the Cordoba. Kegel tapping. <laughs> slotting. Cleafing winterizing the house (laughs) the dutch microwave the unrelated godfather brocade (laughs) (laughs) butt tunneling (laughs) the tip-top cheerio governor yeah (laughs) montezuma's reward there you go brooklyn wake up Here's one that just says Zadarsky. <laughs> the walking head. Boonting. <laughs> Space waddity. <laughs> E.T., the sex move. <laughs> Candle in the wind, you know, for Lady Die. <laughs> Bluebing. <laughs> the swift Gary. Leadery. <laughs> Hambo! Corinthian Lather. Ambo. <laughs> the maybe he'll like me. <laughs> oh, these Gosling. are fantastic. Yeah, right. We could do this all day. Great stuff. So that's <laughs> that's it for Sex cr- cr- Criminals Volume One and Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me actually get on to what I am going yes. to pitch for next week, which will be episode what? seventy. Hmm. Uh, so I went with two mangas and a, like, anime mini-series. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is Initial D. I believe I have pitched this before. Yep. Uh, this is a favorite of mine, and I've never read the manga. Um, so I, I 
kind of want to see what the manga is like. I've only ever watched the anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a Japanese street racing manga. Um, it, it follows the story of uh, this young kid who doesn't really see himself as a racer or stuff mm-hmm. like that. His father was. And so kind of secretly without him realizing it, his father has been actually teaching him these really uh-huh. c- cool techniques and, and stuff. Um, he works as a a tofu delivery d- d- driver. <laughs> and so his, his father will give him challenges of like, hey, complete the, the these d- deliveries as fast as you can. And in fact, here's a cup of water and I'm going to mark where the water is don't spill any of the water make sure Mm. it's still at that same thing so he has to do it as fast as he can without you know like hitting sharp turns to like spill all of this water and and stuff like that but he starts getting into the street racing scene kind of on accident and it turns out he's really damn good (laughs) (laughs) uh and so it's it's his kind of venture into the street racing scene there it's actually really good Hmm. At least the the anime, uh, I really lo- love that because it's it's surprisingly good. The huh. a- 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 animation is not all that great, but it's also based off of the character designs and stuff that are in the manga and stuff mm-hmm. as they often as they often do. Um, but yeah, it just looks like oh man, the art looks not all that great. The the CG a- a- animation they have on the cars looks awkward and all of this stuff. So it just looks like it would be a bad c- c- combination, but it actually turns out to be really good. So again, I'm interested in the manga. Of that. mm-hmm. That's pitch number one, initial D, and I wanted to read the first two volumes. Okay. Of that. Pitch number two is entitled i'm in love and it's the end of the world (laughs) and i wanted to read the first two volumes of that this is also a manga uh and it says according to comiXology unlimited where you can Mm -hmm. find this both of these mangas you can find on comiXology unlimited um this one says that mahiru uh yanase's twin sister mayo has has it all she's popular she's cute she's sweet uh mahiru on the uh, uh, other hand has always been the uh, other yanase all her life um she's reminded herself that every time something good happens to her something bad comes along to balance it out she never gets her hopes up but no sooner does she arrive at her first day of high school than Aoi Satomi, her handsome, mysterious classmate, takes an interest in her. And by the end of the day, he's already asked her out. If things don't balance out for Mahiru soon, the world's going to come to an end. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go with something that was a little bit more out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, with this and pitch some kind of romance manga uh, just to, to see what is out there. Because I, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm often being like, let's let's do crime stories. Mm-hmm. Right. Something with a robot in it. Yes. 
So that's pitch number two. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things with robots in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pitch number three is Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War okay. in the Pocket. This is a six episode anime. Um, and it is a side story in the kind of main timeline that uh, it's it's a smaller, more personal side story focusing on the experiences of an 11 year old boy during the one year war and his learning the real meaning of war this was a significant departure for the gundam franchise at the time uh, but it has still received wide acclaim from critics so this is a, a a good one if you've never seen anything gundam to kind of get what gundam is about like distilled in mm-hmm. into this little side story you don't need to know any continuity you don't need to know all the complicated political drama that's happening between the 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 earth federation forces and the zeon forces or you don't need to know who char is or all of that stuff this is just it's its own story it, you you can just follow this young boy as he grows up in the midst of this war and he learns what war is really like. Mm-hmm. That's pitch number three. Pitch number one was Initial D Volumes 1 and 2. Pitch number two uh, was I'm in Love and It's the End of the World Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, and pitch number three was War in the Pocket. Mobile Suit Gundam War in the Pocket. <laughs> When you described War in the Pocket to me, it just gave me flashbacks to Grave of the Fireflies, so I'm not picking that one. (laughs) It can't be as sad as Grave of the Fireflies. Nothing else can, but it's still too close for comfort. Okay, okay. So I want to pick, even if based only on the title, I'm in love and it's the end of the world. Sounds good. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, yeah, so this can be found on Comixology Unlimited. They have the Mm -hmm. first two volumes available to people to read and download on that if you are a subscriber. Um, so go, go check it out. This is, this is going to be an interesting one because I've never heard of this. I just picked it on a whim. (laughs) I, I, I I went to, I I was looking through all all of the stuff and I found one that I was almost going to pitch. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, that's one that I need a second one. So I went just down to a random letter in the alphabet (laughs) and I found one in there and I was like, this one, I'm going to pitch this one. Okay. There we go. I'm in love and it's the end of the world. That is what we will be doing for this next week. Uh, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are at The Whatnots. Uh, on Twitter, if you guys want to follow us for updates about any of our podcasts, all of which you can also find on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as the podcast app of your choice. Just search The Whatnots and we will be on there. If we're not on one that you use, just let us know and we'll work to get it on there. Uh, go follow us on YouTube. 
It's a yeah. subscribe to our YouTube channel. You, you can so you watch can see us. Our, our, our faces as I, we do I all put of on stuff. makeup yeah. for this one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, so, so come see us and give us a, a subscription on YouTube, uh, it, 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 even if you don't normally watch it on YouTube, that would still be mm -hmm. super helpful. Uh, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us. You can get access to the live streams of this show right here. Mm -hmm. the, re the review show, you can get episodes early. You can get exclusive content. We also want to give a big thank you as mm -hmm. usual to our patrons at the $5 tier. So Christine and Sam, thank you so much for helping us out and supporting mm -hmm. us, keeping the mics on. Uh, it helps us just focus on this stuff and make bigger better content for you all so thank you mm -hmm. thank you so much uh that being said let's get out of here let's pull out episode 69 uh <laughs> we will see you next week <laughs> adios guys good night everybody